0: Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 79, and today's guest is firefighter paramedic Matt Lanio, and as some of you will remember, Matt has been on the show before. Um, We had a great conversation then. We have an even better one now. Um, Talks about how he went through treatment and some of the things that he's been through, and yeah, hopefully just trying to help reduce the stigma and hopefully eliminate it all the way. So we had a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I uh, hope you guys do. hope you learned something from it. Um, the biggest takeaway probably for me would be that, you know, just let everybody know that you're not alone. So, yeah, here's episode number 79 with Matt Lanio. Yeah. Anyway, we normally start the conversation, and then I hit the record button, but since we were kind of getting into it, uh, <laughs> it's a reset. Okay. <laughs> take two. Yeah, take two. Oh, uh, See, but again, maybe that's why I need a producer back right. there, somebody who can kind of do that for me.
1: I mean, I, I could hit the buttons,
0: but i don't
1: i don't necessarily want to be on camera all the
0: time uh well you know i don't think anybody wants that to be the truth yeah
1: (laughs) i I could probably do the moran job but the non-speaking part of the moran job ah
0: well you know
1: i don't have the the baby face for camera like he does
0: yeah anyway uh yeah so matt welcome back to the show um yeah. Thanks so for having you, me. Yeah, no problem. So you were the first guest that we had whenever we moved into the new studio. That's right. Yep. It's looking good. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty much completely done, almost. Yeah. I mean, I've made a few updates and changes yeah. since you were here, but... Yeah. So, you were on the podcast before, and we kind of talked about... um A couple line-of-duty deaths you know, that you were at and stuff and had that conversation. And then a couple months after that, what happened? Uh, I ended up
1: kind of spiraling downhill. I ended up having basically a mental breakdown at the station. Uh, Ended up, uh, and I mean, there was no like straw that broke the camel's back. It was just kind of a buildup of a bunch of personal shit and a bunch of self-doubt and had a concussion and was just dealing with a bunch of shit from that and yeah ended up uh getting taken to the hospital went through that ended up in an intensive outpatient therapy program valiant and it was it was amazing completely changed my perspective outlook viewpoint on life in general it's
0: yeah, it was a complete turnaround. Cool. So, you were at the station, and you went from the station to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking embarrassing as shit. Uh, I can't even
1: can't even really remember exactly what was going on that day. I just, just got to a breaking point where, yeah, I went in and told my captain that I'd. I'd I don't know what the fuck's happening to me. I just, I can't fucking do it anymore. And talked for a little bit and he asked if it would be okay if he took me to the hospital because he didn't want me to leave and something happened. This was probably within a month or so of uh, another guy in the area uh, killing himself. And uh, so, yeah ended up uh going down there mid shift and feeling like a piece
0: of shit going down there and started my road to recovery. Yeah. I mean it's pretty sad that, you know, you just couldn't hack it and <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh I'm joking. Um no dude, that uh I mean obviously it sucks. Yeah. You know, and none of us want to get to that point. But being able to recognize that, and then having the relationship or whatever with your captain that and good on him for yeah, absolutely, and, yeah, not saying, oh okay, well, you know, just uh uh take some time off or you know whatever, yeah, it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we do this right, and
1: so. it. I've never been in that situation before. I didn't have any weapons with me. I didn't have a plan, which is why I ended up not getting the mandatory hold. Uh, Basically, if I had had a plan and wanted to off myself, then I would have been on the hold. But it was more a feeling of just not giving a fuck whether I woke up or didn't wake up. And just kind of a
0: general malaise of worthlessness. And yeah. Yeah, well, it's rough. I can tell you from experience, that 96-hour hold sucks balls. I'll bet it does. So, um, so yeah, you went to the hospital. Went to the hospital. That. They uh, offered me uh,
1: inpatient uh, therapy or intensive outpatient therapy. Uh, having a family, I didn't want to do the inpatient therapy. Uh, especially since I didn't didn't really want to off myself. I just didn't want to wake up, basically. Uh, so I knew that going to treatment was going to be the best option. Uh, I knew some people who had been before and had spoken with them, and they kind of pointed me in the right direction and got me in touch with the uh, branch of our union that deals with that. And so I'd been talking to quite a few people even before getting to the hospital and then while at the hospital. And they kind of told me what to expect, what direction, you know, to look for what my different options were before the doctors came in and told me what the options were. And so I told them I'd rather do the outpatient therapy and ended up doing that for four months. And it was it was an eye-opener. It It, I mean... I know I'm saying this a bunch, but it, it completely changed my outlook on life. I mean, it wasn't, it's not like going into a room and sitting down and singing Kumbaya. They actually, you know, break it down into you know, the brain chemistry and, uh, you know, the, it it actually goes into more of the, uh, psychology of while you're, why you're thinking the way you're thinking, why you're feeling the way you're feeling, how to start making the shift, uh, how to start giving yourself grace and being able to accept what's coming without, you know, just shutting down and, uh, yeah, it, it took a while to start the shift, but once the shift started moving, it was easy to
0: keep going in that direction. Yeah. Well, and that's the, one of the problems whenever you get to that point is, being able to change your perspective yeah, and I mean it's huge being able to do that and Absolutely. like you said give yourself some grace and look at look at situations and problems in a different light exactly so
1: and I've always kind of beat myself up for things that I have viewed as failures which I mean even if the outcome is positive and feel like you did something wrong i mean it's it's hard to look at it from the macro and look at the whole thing and be like okay you know learn from it change this you know do a little bit more training on this
0: you know et cetera. Et cetera. and yeah yeah well and it's you know i've said it a whole bunch on this podcast the personality types that are attracted to these jobs i mean we kind of have i don't want to say it's a hero complex but we're very type A, and whenever we show up on a scene, we expect there to be a good outcome. And we expect, right. you know, especially towards the beginning of our career, it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of have a head knowledge of we can't save everybody, but we don't have that heart knowledge. Right. Do you know what I'm talking Absolutely. about? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I understand that they can't save everybody, but I'm different. Right. I can, you know. And that's one of the hardest things to accept, I think, Yep. is that you're not going to do everything right every single time. It doesn't matter what type of paragon you are. You know, there are situations where it doesn't matter what you do. It's just their time. 100%. And it's
1: it's hard sometimes to separate those you know you get the kid that about the same age and size as your kid and you know not to get into details but you see something bad happen to him, and it's hard not to imagine that as being your kid that just had to happen and you know it's hard to get out of your head and so yeah it, yeah kind of everything piled on top of itself and yeah. Like I said, it wasn't one thing that happened and I just kind of spiraled. It was all kind of building
0: on itself and yeah, well, I've been fighting it for a while. And that's the thing, the cumulative effect is often overlooked. Right. Because it's like that frog in the hot water. Yeah. Yeah. It's it and I think that is more I mean, obviously we see traumatic events way more often than the general public. Right. But it's a, I think for most of us, it's the cumulative effect of those traumatic events over the courses of a of a career. Right. And I don't, you know, some people handle it better than others, but I don't think there's anybody out there that you can't do this job and not be affected. I just I don't see it. Yeah, I there's definitely
1: people who handle it better than others it's i mean it's easy to feel like you're handling it yeah until all of a sudden you can't i mean just like we were talking about with the frog you know yeah. i'd i i thought it was just the pediatrics that were really fucking with me and then you know all of a sudden it's a bunch more than just that and yeah it's yeah it just snowball effect
0: yeah what is the term um no, oh, I had a guest on. His episode will be live next week, Steve Pope, and he had a really good, because that was his thing, too, was just, you know, cumulative effect over 20 years of shit. Stuff is piling up. I mean, it's no different than, like, the backpack analogy. Yep. You put a backpack on and you walk around, it's not a big deal. Then you add a rock to it. Eh, it's not a big deal. Then another rock. Then another rock. Then another... Pretty soon... There's too many damn rocks in that backpack. Absolutely. Yep.
1: So And it feels pretty worthless when you first decide to accept the help. And, you know, there's a lot of self-hatred and kind of beating yourself up. And it took me probably a good month to realize that it it was showing more strength to reach out and get the help instead of just giving up and being done with it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Did you have that uh, thought process or feeling that you're the only one that's going through this? Yeah. Until I was in there. (laughs) Yeah. Until you were in there and you saw a bunch of people that you knew. (laughs) Right. And with a lot of the
1: same feelings and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay. Which I'm glad that the stigma is starting to go away. I don't know if it'll ever completely go away, but... Uh, uh, I was I was very surprised with uh, the amount of support that I got from pretty much everybody when I started going through this, and yeah, it was yeah. extremely helpful having that support. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you feel
0: fucking lonely as shit when you first start out, and then, you know. Yeah. Well, the, um, as far as the stigma goes, I think... For the most part, you, we could probably eradicate that in the department. It's just going to take a culture shift, and it's yep. going to take a long time. And it's unfortunate to say, but it's one of those deals where you have to get rid of all of the ones that are basically reinforcing that stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have to change their mind. Right. Because what happens is you get young kids who come on and they're at those stations with those individuals and they, you know, they look up to those people or whatever because they're good firemen or whatever. And they start to take on those same traits. And that's how that just kind of rolls down, right. you know, and it doesn't go away. And that's the hardest part is changing the culture. Absolutely. but i mean we're making progress i i think, and so. I think some yeah. some departments I mean, are way ahead and some departments are way behind and i don't know that we would have had
1: access to this valiant you know before what 2015 i mean um, nobody really yeah. thought about it yeah i mean you, you heard of people occasionally having that issue and I think, after 2015 fifteen's when when we finally opened our eyes and started accepting, okay, maybe there is something to this,
0: yeah, well, and it seems to be a trickle down effect, yeah. um just like uh, you know, like medicine with the military, and it seems to be like we kind of are probably a decade behind or whatever they're doing. So, you know, they recognize that having troops in contact for 20 years is a bad fucking idea I mean, it's going to have consequences. So they start doing stuff about it and then, oh, everybody else starts kind of saying, oh, well, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And then we start, you know, yep. so it just takes, it takes time. I mean, because you're basically building a whole infrastructure starting from scratch on, okay, well, now we need therapists. Okay, well, there's not really that many therapists out there, just in general. Right. Um, For just the regular population. But now we want them to specialize. Right. Okay, so now we need more of those. We need programs. And then, oh, shit, we need money. Because you got to have money to run this shit. Right. Somebody's got to pay for it. So how are we going to pay for it? So it's just a, you know, it's a big problem that requires, it's a big problem that requires small solutions. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It's it's not one big solution. It's a bunch of little solutions. Yeah. And that's why we're so blessed in this area to have David.
1: Yeah. Got somebody who's been in the military, been a first responder, is a damn good therapist. I mean... Fucking smart. I mean he'd fucking brilliant man. I mean he'd he he does not he would hate it if you knew that I was talking about him right now. He, <laughs> but
0: have you seen his episode of the podcast? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. You should watch that one. It's uh it's pretty entertaining. I definitely will. I didn't know you'd had him on. Yep. So
1: yeah. David's awesome.
0: Yeah. He is. He knows his shit, man. He definitely and, does. I think he's got a great
1: way of being able to teach it to where it's easy for you to pick up and understand and be able to grasp and use. And it's not just, I mean, I took psychology in college and fuck, it was awful. Yeah. Hard to stay awake. I mean, that's not how it is at all. I mean, obviously you go to treatment because you want to be there and you care about getting yourself better. So it's not like being in college and yeah, just being there to fuck off. So you know, <laughs> there's a big difference in the two. But I mean, he he actually gives it to you fundamentally where you can take it and use it and use it to better your life and it's awesome. Yeah. Well, he
0: knows how to communicate right with firefighters and first responders right. and military. cops and military, you know, and that's something that I think is maybe an overlooked skill, um, but more, we're getting more and more therapists and programs, you know, not just here, but nationwide. Yep. There's some, there's some good big stuff going on and it's helping a lot of people. So That's hopefully awesome. we can, we can continue the trend. Absolutely. So I was kind of talking about it the other night with some guys that I had on And they were asking me kind of like why I started the podcast and stuff. And I said, honestly, dude, I said, I went down the rabbit hole of watching podcasts and listening to podcasts and stuff. And I started searching for a podcast like this. That was firefighters talking to other firefighters and military and cops and stuff about this stuff. I couldn't find one. So I was like, "Eh, I can sit there and run my mouth on camera for a little while pretty good at running your mouth so well you know you I, have well to... I have my days i have my days there are also days where i just sit there and go like man i don't have anything to freaking say i hope this guest talks a lot <laughs> 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 i feel like i'm repeating myself sometimes which i probably am so fill the time well that's why i like to keep it like at the fire station this is the kitchen table we solve the world's problems. Hell yeah. Around the kitchen table, in the fire station. It'd be nice if they'd start listening to us. You know, it would. Yeah. Maybe this can this can be the catalyst for change. That's right. Platform you need. Yeah, we'll start talking about other subjects like gun control and yeah, politics, let's, let's and <laughs> you can have somebody else on. For <laughs> It's funny that we all, and I don't know, maybe that's the personality type or whatever, but we will sit there and have those conversations. If they would just do this, mm-hmm.
1: shit, we solved the ambulance issues ten years for ago. Every department,
0: ten yeah. years ago, they just won't fucking listen to yeah. us. Yeah, well, that's yeah. And I, dude, I don't know. We can't scream any louder. I don't think. No. Nope. So. That is what it is. Yeah, that's why you got to get promoted
1: yeah. several more times, and then someone yeah. will listen to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Got a long way to go to get those promotions.
0: Yeah, which we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. Um, after we finish up. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Look, I'm. I'm glad you're doing well. I've worked with you a couple times since then, so yeah, tricked me into tricked you into working. overtime. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing good too. I uh, I didn't think I would be in this position a year ago, but
0: of a lot happier and healthier for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can honestly tell that I've seen the change. Thank you. So, even on the softball field. I mean, you're still a shit talker. That hasn't changed at all. No. But the the angry tint to it isn't there anymore. Yeah. It's just... I
1: don't... Man, I couldn't even really tell you the last time I was... Even with the kids, it's... I mean, you get mad, but it's not uncontrollable. You know, everything in the world's fucking burning down. You know, it's like, all right. It's well, over. Let's figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Move on.
0: You're able to step back and look for a solution yeah. instead of... Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, dude, and that's... I mean, that's just good advice in general. It is. It, just take a step back. Yeah. Take a breath. There's no reason to make umpires cry. It's just recreational <laughs> softball. Exactly. I mean, my uh, favorite move still is to throw my glove, but... It's, it's not a, yeah. a, a big throw anymore. It's just no. a drop it on the ground. You, you don't know. look like an angry toddler anymore. <laughs> to it. <laughs> Stop throwing the ball to home. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that was great. Dude. That's uh-huh. You know, but honestly, it's one of those things that gives you every opportunity to practice what you've learned. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of shit that will piss you off if you let it. Most definitely. Yeah. That's why I always look out at
1: you after something happens.
0: <laughs> like, what?
1: what's he going to do? <laughs> what's he going to do out there?
0: Mostly it's a, are you kidding me? <sighs> oh, whatever. <laughs> God, give me strength to... Accept what I can't change, uh, uh, <laughs> and exactly. to know what those things are. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's the most important.
0: So, so what are your plans going forward? I know you changed stations. Changed stations. Taking a little break for a down while.
1: a lot. Uh, going to be studying for the next promotion test, and yeah, just kind of... Trying to get my body back in shape now that I've finally got my mind back where it needs to be and see if I can get rid of the 60 pounds I've been
0: lugging around. Well, it's just, we'll see. Diet and working out, man. Yep. That's it. And whenever I say diet, I don't mean go on a diet. I mean, yeah. get something that's s- sustainable yeah. and like a healthy meal plan yep. that you're following. It's the not
1: eat the right way until you know 7 p.m and then just be a shit gut yeah yeah
0: yeah no dude i have that same like sugar is my thing and it's the worst because it causes inflammation and all kinds of shit which you know that's not good for me no so i got races coming up that i gotta run and so running some races yeah yeah what races you run it? Uh, I guess we're supposed to do uh, some kind of 5K in August that Rachel wants me to do with her. She's going nice. to do it. It's for mental health. I think I probably will put a, I'll do an episode about it or put a link up on social media or somewhere about it. Nice. Um, and then we're doing the Run Ragnar race in Wisconsin in September and that's a relay race. You have okay. eight people on your team. And basically what it is is they have three, it's trail running. So it's not on the road. I just thought of Nelson being on your team. <laughs> Nelson will not be on my team. Um yeah, no. So the, the you have three loops that you run basically. And one of them is seven miles, one of them's like four miles, and one of them's like three miles or something like that. And the, apparently the seven-mile one is like an ass kicker because it's a bunch of elevation change and uh, on top of being seven miles. So I'll say it's seven miles, yeah. so like an ass kicker. Yeah. So, but what you do is like runner number one will run loop r- loop one. And then whenever they get back, runner number two takes off and they run like loop two. And then runner number three, whenever runner number two gets back, we'll run loop three. And then you start it all over again until all eight people on your team have ran all the loops. And you start at like seven in the morning on like a Friday, and you finish on Saturday whenever you finish. So you're running all night. This sounds fun. Um, actually, it does kind of sound a little bit fun, but I'm doing it more for to challenge myself. Because I haven't, I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I haven't challenged myself with my fitness in a long time. Not since I was fighting, really. And I was in fantastic shape then because I had to be. Yeah. And I mean, I stay in shape, I work out, but I haven't pushed myself to really see what I was capable of in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm 42 years old, so. Almost middle-aged. Uh, Yeah. So I want to, like, I want to push myself. I want to start, you know, get back into it and be the best me physically that I can.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm working on the mental part. So yeah. why wouldn't I, Absolutely. like, put, the, put a little bit more effort in yep. the physical part instead of just coming down the basement, working out for 45 minutes, going, okay, that's good. I'm going to go mow the grass or watch TV or hang out with my dog or whatever, which is all stuff that I'm going to do anyway. Mm. Because even if I worked out for two hours, I'm still done by nine o'clock. Right. I still got the whole day to play video games or whatever else I want to do. Do projects. So, and that, that's my thing. People bitch and moan about, well, I don't have time to go see a therapist, or I don't have time to work out, or I don't have blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you do. It's about priorities. Yep. Like, does your mental health matter? Does your physical health matter? What's your priority? And, you, and I'm not saying you got to work out for two hours, or you got to go to a therapy session for, you know, an hour every day. But... Once a month? Every other week? Yeah. You know, just do shit. Yep.
1: Getting started is the hardest part.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. And what does it take? It takes a thousand hours um, to build something into a habit. So, I mean, that's a long time. Yep. And it takes even longer to break, well depending on what it is it takes longer to make to break bad habits it takes shorter to break good habits Yep. which is really fucking weird that the the brain does that i'd always heard it is like six weeks to create a routine and two weeks to break it yeah i
1: don't know if that's accurate but sounds about right that's what i've always been told yeah it's hard to start that routine back up once it's broken. It is.
0: It ta- it seems like it takes more momentum. It does. You know, more willpower, more, more, more work more to get them to. Yeah. I mean, if you want to like talk about running, you know, once you get into that flow of running, and you're going and going and going and going, it's easy to stay going. Yeah. Or I'm not going to say it's easy, but. If you stop easier. Yeah, if you stop and start walking, how much harder is it to start that run again?
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: So and it's the little things, man. The the little things in life pay big dividends. You know. Do. The small habits.
1: Small habits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit.
1: I don't know where to go from there.
0: Um I don't know what well tell me, what's a small habit that you've changed since you've been since you went to treatment? Oh.
1: Not sure that there's anything I've really changed. Habit wise, it's more my outlook on things like uh, driving, for instance, used to be, you know, if I'm in a hurry and I'm in left lane and I'm going and somebody cuts me off, get the road rage, you get pissed off, fuck them, you know, you're in, somebody wants to cut you off, you know, kind of battle with them, you know, got real angry with that. Now it's, okay, here you go. Not worth it. Not worth getting angry about. It's not going to change anything that's happened.
0: Chill. Yeah. Are you leaving earlier so you're not in such a rush? Not really. Not really. No. <laughs> Didn't change that habit at all. No, because I've always,
1: I've always left and given myself enough time to get places. And I mean, if you're going seven over as opposed to, you know, three over what do you say in 45 seconds? Yeah. So just kind of a chill the fuck out, take a deep breath. They weren't trying to do anything to you. It's not a personal attack on you. Them cutting you off. It's not an invitation. Yes, it is to get into an argument <laughs> or anything like that. It's a total invitation. I, I'll tell you one of my habits I've changed is uh, looking for fights on Facebook you know, you see somebody post something that you think stupid, uh-huh. and for whatever reason, you just decide it. You want to get into an argument with someone, and uh, say I'm down to doing that only about fifteen, twenty percent of the time, instead of closer to like ninety percent of the time. Now.
0: <laughs> Still fucking stupid. There's no point in it. I'm not gonna change anything. Oh, dude, social media is God. That's one of those things that it's like. That's it, true, though. It's like people yeah. are on there just to have a fucking argument. Yeah. I'd, and you're not going to change anybody's mind. No.
1: No, it's not worth it.
0: No. I mean, you you can hit them with all the facts. Right. And the common sense and knowledge that you could throw at them, mm-hmm. and the response will be, fuck you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And...
0: And usually it's a poorly worded fuck you. It's right. not even fuck you. It's or just... it's
1: a duck you because their phone <laughs> autocorrected it. So, yeah, I mean, there's no point in getting worked up over it. And try to stay off Facebook unless I'm posting jokes anyway. Well, so.
0: Just do what I do. Just don't be on Facebook at all. Yeah. Even though the podcast has a Facebook page, I'd say everybody probably realizes that it doesn't get used very much no kidding yeah that's
1: where I go for my updates and must be why I didn't know David a bit on huh? uh
0: yeah it's uh YouTube and Spotify
1: I've got both of those
0: uh yeah it's every Wednesday
1: every Wednesday today's Thursday
0: yep we had a new one yesterday uh. it goes on YouTube at 5 a.m it goes on Spotify at 6 a.m I won't be up for the premieres. I don't set them as premieres. (laughs) Maybe I should. Maybe that would get more people. Yeah, get more people to watch or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I. What do you think? What's your opinion on how social media has changed our job? Or do you even have one?
1: Trying to think. I came on in 2011. So there was social media, but it wasn't... It wasn't what it is now. No, but... I mean, when I came on, you were still conscious of somebody videotaping you with their phone. I mean, there weren't great videos, but... I... I don't know. I'm conflicted, because part of it... Part of me wants to say if it's not... You wouldn't do something, or you shouldn't do something you don't want on video anyway. But... With HIPAA laws and that kind of shit, you don't really want your patients' videos yeah. out there. But I mean, it's it's easier to spread hate and whatnot if you decide that you
0: don't like something that someone's done, or yeah, and the creative, creatively edited videos that only show right. something that is construed completely of what was not happening. Right. But you take a little. 10 second snippet or 5 second snippet right and it totally changes what was really going on
1: exactly and yeah i mean it just it i think it affects pd more than it affects us but
0: i yeah i'm I sure would.
1: i'm sure there's people in our profession who would disagree cuz they've gone through issues with it but me personally i haven't so yeah. Well, outside I've, of, you know, trying to sway the public opinion, if you're a citizen, you know, talking shit, and I, don't, I don't know, or taking videos, I mean, I think we do a pretty damn good job at our job. So I personally don't care if people are videotaping, but outside of HIPAA and trying to protect my patient, that it, it doesn't yeah. bother me.
0: And that's the angle that I look at it to is protecting the patient and the patient's privacy. And I've been in i've lost count of how many times people have been video and stuff and it's like i mean technically what they're doing is not illegal right if especially if you're in a public place then they have the right to do that what pisses me off is whenever they get in the middle of the scene yeah and that's whenever i don't i'm nice about it yeah but i move them out of the scene and explain to them very nicely that I'm going to be taking their information. I'm going to be passing it on to the patient so they can sue them. Which, whether or not that's accurate, I don't know. Right. But it usually yeah. stops people from filming.
1: I can only remember one incident where we had a critical patient and somebody... I mean, they weren't trying to get into the middle of it, but they were, you know, like right over the shoulder. And pd was there i think all we did was ask him nicely once and he didn't didn't listen to us and if i remember correctly my captain just looked at pd and pd picked up on what was needed and came over and moved the guy yeah but i don't know what ended up happening with him but
0: yeah probably nothing yeah but at least he was out of the way So, and that's the thing, like, the general public needs to understand. Like, there is such a thing as interfering with emergency services. That is a law. Right. So, I mean, I don't care if you're going to film. But take, don't be in the middle of the scene. Because what if that was, what if it's your family member? Right. It's your mother or your brother or your sister or your kid. And you're more concerned about videotaping it than us being able to right. provide Everybody the care wants that's that needed. that next viral video. Yeah, it's... is it worth it for you to have a viral video if you cause a scene and shit goes bad because you caused a scene? Depends on how selfish that person is.
1: Well, seems to be a lot of selfishness in the world.
0: Yeah, I was talking to, well I've had the conversation with Rachel too. But like, there's like something weird going on. Man, it's almost like, what the fuck is happening? Because people are acting, yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term, people are acting cray-cray yeah. and doing some really stupid shit. And it seems like it's more abundant now than it was in the past. And maybe it's because of the way our media is now and the social media and all that stuff that we're just more aware of it. Of the I incidences
1: think some of that, but I think yeah, it's hard to put a finger on it. I mean you're right though. There's there's a bunch of stupid shit going on. I don't There's probably a little bit of it that's because it's more accessible to find out, you know, what's going on across the world, so you're gonna be able to see more of it, but
0: Well, and that's yeah. what the mainstream media and social media focuses on too. Is they, it's all about clicks. Yep. You know, it's get getting you to watch, and that's what draws views. Absolutely. For, I mean... Nobody wants to see a bunch of people get along. Yeah. It's, that
1: gets boring. Yeah. You want to see people fight. You want well, to see people argue, disagree.
0: It's it's like the formula is like 10 horrific stories and one feel-good story. hmm And then 10 more horrific stories and then one feel-good story. It's like... Well, then... You'll hear about a horrific story for, you know, a few different
1: broadcasts, yeah. but you'll hear about a good story on one or two. Yeah. And it seems like they pick and choose which events to really publicize hard. I mean, you you get two people killed and depending on the narrative that, you know, that news agency is trying to
0: push, they're going to publicize one more than the other yeah well i mean and you look at one incident and watch two different news agencies and it's totally different spin yeah you know between the two well and
1: fucking wall street journal's been doing that i'm sure they're not the only one but sorry i probably shouldn't have said wall street journal oh, fuck them i don't news care. newspapers in general have been doing that you know probably for decades or centuries i mean uh, the, i can remember uh, seeing side-by-side articles same picture one of them was in arizona one of them was in new york and they had different headings it was yeah. they're the exact same picture and the heading leaned more towards the state that it was in
0: yeah i think it's more now than it used to be you know especially in the 50s 60s 70s and even the 80s i think mainstream media was less sensationalized and i think it's been a slow ramp up yep. and it's, it's really kicked into overdrive in it's the last more entertainment years.
1: tv and less news yeah it's like it used to be they were they gonna report on what was happening now they pick and choose what to report
0: on and how to report it? Right.
1: Yeah. It sucks. It's hard to know exactly what news source you can trust, can't trust. I mean, yeah. Well, can't trust any of them.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it's? I mean, the obvious answer is don't trust any of them. Yeah. You kind of got to look at. Got to look at all of them. Try to yeah. read between the lines. But yeah. You can look at. Hard to 50, find exactly which line that is. You should be reading. Yeah. Look, I mean, you could drive yourself fucking nuts, you know, just trying to figure out what really happened in one incident, Yeah, you know, I don't know, man, but I think that's, it's contributing to the mental health issues, like just in, just in the general populace as well, but also for us, it's an added layer of stress. You know, that we have to worry about that now. Whenever I came on the job, did not have to worry about people filming at all. Which, I mean, it's way down on my list of things that I worry about. Right. But since I'm, you know, responsible for people now, it does kind of enter into my brain uh, in my decision-making process. Right. Of, hey, do we stay here or... Should we get this patient in the ambulance like a little faster than yeah. probably, just so we can do what needs to be done, you know, or especially if it's like a combative patient or something like that. It's like okay, where what you know that's like the uh the guy who posted the video
1: falling around a ambulance in one of our suburbs. Uh, saying that that ambulance kept driving around the neighborhood and was selling drugs at the side. <laughs>
0: no. that, w- that wasn't ours. No, it wasn't ours. It yeah. was in one of the suburbs next yeah. to us. Yeah. I saw uh, Fire Department Chronicles did a thing on that. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Yes. I really should try to get Jason Patton on the show. I'm
1: sure so, he gets a lot of requests.
0: I'm sure he does. I saw him on... He did another one like that firefighter now. I don't know if you've seen that on YouTube. It's like a like how to get how to get hired on a fire department and things to expect and that kind of thing. I mean, it's the guy's pretty dry, but it's good information and he breaks stuff down pretty well. Um, but he had him on for a little talk, but I would definitely like to get him on, but his video his video on that was freaking hilarious if you haven't seen it, check it out.
1: I'll have to do that. Yeah. I have not seen it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the video on the ambulance. The, oh, That's yeah. the one that's, that's fucking hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, which I'm assuming pretty much everybody that watches these things is either a firefighter or a cop or a veteran or married to one or has some kind of knowledge of it, um, yeah, we have things called dynamic ambulances, And that's basically what they do is they have an area, and they drive around that area so they can be close when a call comes in. That's how that works.
1: Yeah, not selling drugs at the side of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about
1: it, though. That would be a great cover. Yeah. Going to have to fight all the ice cream trucks.
0: (laughs) Big perm. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and we've kind of talked about this before, but the knowledge gap of what we do and the things we see and what the general public thinks we do is huge. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And in most people's experience, you know, with the fire service is maybe once, you know, maybe twice they come to a. Station visit with their kid, or you know, we might run them on a call, and that's it, that's the only interaction that they've ever had with us, or they might, you know, they'll see us running hot down the street or whatever, they don't know. But then you've got shows like Chicago Fire and Lone Star 911, and you know, Rescue 911, who also don't know, they have. Whoever the advisors are on those shows, and I get that you have to Hollywood it up for entertainment purposes, but they do a severe disservice, and it's not exclusive to us. I mean, PD has the same problem. The military has the same problem. You know, if you make an accurate one of what really goes on, it gets panned. Yeah. Hardcore. So you got to sensationalize it. But it does. It does. The, That's why Rescue Me was so good. Yeah, Rescue Me was good it, for a couple seasons. Yeah, I like the less the fireground stuff and more the general interactions. Yeah, that they had around the fire station and yeah. the personal problems that they all had. Every single per, every single character on that show needed strong, strong therapy because <laughs> they were all fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were fucking each other. It's so fucking weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know, then ask. Don't just assume.
1: Or you don't know to ask.
0: Well, that's true. You don't even know what questions to ask. Right. Wow. Whoa. That was deep, Matt.
1: <laughs> Real deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Getting all the nuggets of wisdom from right. you today.
1: Oh, just slipped out.
0: I don't know, what do you, so, what's your thought or idea on how to help break the stigma?
1: I think what we're doing is the right thing. Uh, we had that class, and I, mean, I know there was a lot of bitching and complaining about having the class, but even if it reached just a couple people. I mean, some people who were bitching are probably ones that needed it the most.
0: I would say 100% of that is accurate.
1: I mean, you you can make fun of it all you want. I mean, it is what it is. But I think the more classes we have like that, the more the stigma will break and the more people are willing afterwards to come out and say, hey, I, I went through this. It sucked. But, you know, you're not alone. You know, don't, don't feel like you're the only person who's ever felt like this, you know? Yeah. And as long as, and I think pretty much everybody for the most part who has gone through that program or a similar program are willing to, you know, talk about it with somebody who's going through the issues or, you know, just let it be known that, hey, if you have an issue, you know, don't keep
0: it to yourself. Well, I think that's the big thing. Excuse me, is having more department sponsored classes like that, raising awareness, and then you can use the coaster, you can put it on the table. You don't have to set everything on the floor, ma'am. It's easier for me to reach down there. Touche, sir. You got the short joke in before I could, and we're. We're 50 minutes in and I hadn't made one yet. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: That may be a record for you. Yeah. At least in interacting with me.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, you tee it up usually. It's true. So, but yeah, I think, and here's the thing for me, like, obviously we want more department sponsored stuff. Um. As far as those classes and awareness and things like that. But I think, like what you said, the biggest thing or the thing that could be almost more effective, even than that, is people that have been through it sharing their story yep. and being public about it. Because I think that's how you really, really get the stigma. Because you know as well as I do, man, firemen in particular. Like all it takes is like, okay, so you had somebody work on your house, work on your deck, and they did a shitty job. And then you tell everybody about it Mm -hmm. and nobody uses that guy again. Or, you know, it's no different with mental health. If you go through it and you have a good experience, you go see a therapist and have a good experience, or you go through a program and have a good experience, you talk about it. If you go through one and have a bad experience, then that's how people stay turned off. Right. And what I would say to people like that is no one treatment modality works for everyone. Right. That's just the fact. Absolutely. So you may go do talk therapy and it doesn't work for shit for you. You may need to find a different therapist who does a different thing like EMDR, neurofeedback or desensitization or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the list of treatment options is damn near fucking infinite. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people are different. And realizing that and staying focused on it and keep trying, keep trying, find the one that works for you. And then whatever works for you, then tell everybody about it. Yeah. But be open and honest and share that shit because you know where you were at. You don't want one of your brothers and sisters to get to where you were at and then go further. Absolutely. And if you could save somebody the heartache of getting to where you're at. Yeah. That's just better. a, yeah, yeah, that's a bonus. Most definitely. And that's the reason that the podcast will start it. Hey, let's try to catch people before they get to that point. That's a good shit.
1: Yeah. A real good shit.
0: Yeah, now it's just getting out there and. Putting it into practice and getting people to do it. So, and I think that's where you butt up against the stigma. Yep. So I would say don't be afraid. Because here's the best piece of advice that I got. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from an individual who's been on quite, quite a while. And he said, look, man, here's the thing. Everybody's a squirrel to somebody. You're not going to get along with everybody. Personality types, something you said, something they said, something they did, something you did, whatever, rub somebody the wrong way, and you're a fucking squirrel. Yep. And you know how it is on the job, reputation, takes you about two seconds to ruin it, and more likely than not, you're never going to get it back, or it takes a really long time. Yep. So... Because it is telephone, tell a friend, tell a fireman.
1: Absolutely.
0: So something you do in one part of the city is going to go make its rounds all the way around.
1: Before lunch.
0: Yeah. And you know how that telephone game works. Uh What actually happened by the time it gets around is not what's getting told. Yeah. 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 Ever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh So, I mean i get it that's that's the gossip part of the job i've always said you're never going to find a bigger bunch of eighth grade girls than the fire department (laughs) because i mean it's i don't know if it's boredom or if it's just what
1: sitting around for
0: 24 hours yeah
1: waiting on calls got to talk about something yeah might as well be each other
0: and yeah we're big shit talkers yeah. A lot of shit. I mean, no I, way. Yeah, I think there could be a lot of uh, stand-up comedians from the fire department. At least, so nobody else would find us funny. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could get on the hecklers pretty well because right. there's a lot of guys that are yeah. super quick. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm not one of those guys though. Like I'm the person that we know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talk shit, and I'm like, fuck. And three then hours it, later. Three hours like, later. Be, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I got the perfect comeback. Too late, dude. <laughs> Which, by the way, I know you didn't send that fucking text message three <laughs> hours before, fucker. <laughs> but I just let it go, because yeah. I was done with that text chain. <laughs> and I don't think everybody got how I was... Joking, I probably should have sent an lol or something along with the first couple texts that I sent in that chain about the whole old miss thing. Gotta be pretty
1: thick not to have known that you were joking. Well,
0: I don't know. Some of the texts that followed up didn't seem like it was they really got the joke. Nobody knows that you prefer Mississippi State. Hey, man, is what it is, noobs. No way, no how. (laughs) You fuckers are too used to the Big 12. (laughs) Which you should know. Independent. Independent. I'm a Notre Dame
1: fan. No, that's right. I'm not a KU fan. Or an MU fan.
0: You know what, though? Even growing up in Louisiana, and I think it was because my dad was from Indiana, and Notre Dame was on every Saturday, that was my team, like football team, growing up until i don't even know whenever i just kind of stopped watching them but it was always it was notre dame football and then duke basketball yeah growing up in catholic schools i was always a notre dame fan
1: and then i started college at southwest missouri state and our football team wasn't great so nobody really went to the games so we just Watched the Notre Dame games in our dorm.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: that's harsh. <laughs> yeah. So it was always on NBC. Throw
0: NBC on. You got that game. Yeah. I don't know. I was too busy playing basketball in college. So, yeah. We didn't have a football team at the college I went to. So,
1: yeah. We had pretty much all the sports, but baseball was pretty
0: much the only well attended one. Yeah, they had a good baseball correctly. program for a long time. Yeah. I think see, they and, still do. That was a big thing whenever I was growing up because that was one of the things, like LSU was really yeah. good at baseball. And then oh, yeah. whenever I was, God, I can't remember how old I was, probably 10 or 11. I might have been a teenager. But Louisiana College, which is this, I've been in their basketball camp a couple times. They're like a, I don't know, Division II NAIA school or something like that. But they played LSU um, baseball every year. Well, they beat them. Yeah, and it was one of those things where it was like, what the hell just happened? And they basically, they beat them by playing small ball. They bunted every single run in, and then they played phenomenal defense. I guess yep. they had a good couple good pitchers that year, and I mean that's how they beat them.
1: Get a couple good pitchers. That's I mean that's huge. Obviously, yeah. captain obvious here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could have uh, even marginal defense, and you got a couple standout pitchers come through you're going to be competing.
0: Yeah. And especially if you can play small ball. If you got yeah. four or five guys that can lay down bunts. All you got to do is get people on base. It's like the 1415 Royals built on speed and defense. Yeah. Relief pitching. <laughs> hey man, that's yeah, wins championships. Only one though. Well, I mean, let's be honest. They ran into one of the better teams that's ever been assembled. Yeah. I mean, and really, Madison Bumgarner won that World Series. Yep. With Joe Buck swinging from his dick. <laughs> uh, it's funny how people will hate on certain announcers <laughs> and be totally fine with other announcers that do the ex- They all do the same fucking thing. They all yeah. pick a team.
1: Fuck Joe Buck. I can't fucking stand that guy. And then when he's with Aikman on Fox, you got to just turn the fucking volume off the TV.
0: See, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have that hatred for him. I mean, he's no Bob Costas, like years ago, Bob Costas, not Bob Costas now, who's like apparently super fucking liberal or something. I don't know. But like Bob Costas doing baseball. Was the shit. And then he would do the Olympics. But yeah, I don't know. He just made this yeah. left turn that it's like, I don't... I, don't, I haven't followed it, Bob Costas at all. It was almost like he started getting political.
1: Uh, seems like everybody's doing that nowadays.
0: Yeah, but this was s- several years ago. What was it? Yeah. Well, he came out and said something about the whole CTE thing. and I didn't know he had come out. Yeah. Yeah, not that type of come out. But he he made some comments about football and CTE uh, and all that. And, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the end. People just like to stick their foot in their mouths. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm a professional at that. I am, too. That's one of my struggles is making sure that my opinions stay my opinions <laughs> and don't make me look like a Jagoff. <laughs>
0: uh you know the older i get though the less i really give a shit uh-huh. you know it, yeah. it's like you know no i have the same rights as everybody else mm-hmm. and you know there's freedom of speech and all that stuff and people kind of misconstrue that freedom of speech is freedom from persecution from the government it doesn't mean that other people can't tell you you're full of shit But
1: yeah, I mean that's your free speech. Yeah, tell them that.
0: Yeah. But the kind of the way that I was raised, and Nelson and I have had a bunch of conversations about this. But the way that I was raised is, we can sit here and we can have a discussion, and come away and neither one of us agrees with the other's viewpoint. We can still be friends.
1: Yeah. Can't do that
0: anymore. No, you can't. You got to be. You you got to throw insults into it. You got to. Yeah. If you don't believe the other person. Yeah. If you don't believe everything that I believe exactly how I believe it Mm -hmm. at this given moment, then you're the enemy. And God forbid you line up with a third choice. Oh, there is no third choice. It's either or.
1: Yeah. But if you're that third choice, then you're costing both of
0: them because.
1: Yeah. Somehow you're both voting for and against. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blowing
0: in the cancel culture, Mm -hmm. that makes no sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. I don't understand why people are... Here's a problem. People are too quick to apologize for shit. I'm not saying that you don't have to apologize for stuff if you say things that are fucking out there, but also, you need to be able to give people some grace.
1: Right. But
0: It's too often
1: people have to apologize for opinions that aren't outright insulting but it somebody disagrees with it so now you have to apologize fuck you yeah i can have a disagree- differing opinion yeah and not insult you and not have to owe you an apology
0: yeah you can respect my opinion just like i can respect your opinion right i think you're wrong
1: and we can all agree that no matter what our opinions is it's not going to fucking change anything so it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> so, exactly yeah that's kind
0: of where I've gotten with all this. Yeah. That's where I try to be most of the time. Not yeah. going to say that I it's, succeed 100% of the time. I am definitely more like a 60-40, <laughs> sometimes 70-30. Yeah.
1: Facebook, I've gotten more like an 80-20. Yeah. And only 20% of the time I feel the need to actually yeah, get on there and comment.
0: And then I'm like, fuck, this is stupid. Yeah. How many times have you had a whole paragraph or something written out and then deleted it all <laughs> and went like, "Yeah, I'm not posting that." <laughs> yeah. And then you write it again, and you're like, "Ah, oh, no, I still shouldn't." And you get
1: disappointed in yourself for not posting it. Yeah. Or you do post something, and you have all these great arguments, and it's like, "Do I really want to spend the next forty-five minutes going back and forth with this person?" Yeah. Where should I just watch a TV show? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one of my big buttons is reading articles or hearing stories or having conversations where people are get get pissed off whenever someone gets held to a standard. Standard's a standard for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially in the fire service, police department, military, most of our rules and regulations and standards have come because somebody fucking died. Yep. So... There's all the evidence you need that the standard is needed and we should uphold that standard. Yep. When you start, you know, that deviation of or normalization of deviance, what they talked about in the driver's class that we had. I've not
1: had that yet. Oh, it's a good one. You've been, been looking forward to it. I just haven't. Yeah. Go in I with a, I was on
0: Indy when my company went. Yeah. So. Go in with a with an open mind and you will get a lot out of it. Um, But it It's true. And it goes down to even the small stuff of, you know, haircut, shaving, all that stuff. There's a reason why we do the things we do. We don't have to shave anymore. Well, I know. We don't. I'm, I'll get on that soapbox. Obviously, I haven't shaved. I have a beard. Um, well, it's Slider. like a Joe Dirt beard, kind of. <laughs> so Very, very heavy on the dirt. Yes. Yeah. I didn't just rub dirt on my face before I came into the studio today. I don't so know that's wand, what it looks like. Not, not well, yeah, not. yeah. Or is um, that gray? Shut up. Mine is almost pure gray. I know, I can tell. But this, there's a reason why we do the things we do, you know, and people don't understand that. And if you set them down and try to explain it to them, most people, like, they don't want to hear it. Yep. So, yeah, but that's my super, like... I still struggle with that. So standards, holding people accountable. Oof, can't do that anymore. No.
1: Hurt feeling.
0: Oh uh, yeah. There's a there's a fine line between caring for people's feelings and then holding them accountable for their job.
1: I would disagree with that. As far as, you know, it, if if we're working together and I do something wrong and you come over and correct me, that's not about anything, any feelings. Or if we do something and I forget a step and you correct me, that's not about feelings. There's no no reason to be you know getting butt hurt about that it's but people do right but they shouldn't yeah i mean that's part of being an adult i mean yeah there but there's also a difference between correcting somebody and just immediately flying off and chewing their ass and telling them they're stupid and yeah i mean now if it's the fourth time in a row they've done it or they've asked the same question on you know four straight calls of what do i bring with me it it gets a little testy but yeah, I mean, still don't have to feel, make somebody feel like a piece of shit for it. Yeah, yeah. that would be my only differing yeah.
0: on my viewpoint. Well, and but I think I think you you raise a good viewpoint of like thing people react to certain things that with feelings that shouldn't. Like it's not a feeling issue. Yeah, it's a you know, so you need to learn this.
1: Yeah. Our job is about, you know, teaching the people who come after us. So if I'm not correcting you and teaching you and you continue doing this poorly, it's either going to cost yourself or somebody else and there's yeah, there's no reason to take that chance.
0: Yeah. We've lost too many people already. Yeah. Well, which brings us back to mental health, right? And being accountable for each other, right? And seeing somebody Eh, we're going to talk about that because yeah. that's not acceptable. But, I mean, we've all seen
1: that guy who, instead of pulling somebody aside and explaining, hey, you know, do it this way, not that way, you know, this is the reason why. Yeah. You know, it's you piece of shit. Why didn't you learn that before?
0: Yeah. Well, that I've comes back been to... in that
1: situation before. Yeah.
0: That comes back to communication and being right. a good leader. Right. And, unfortunately... You know, but I think it also goes back to, and I could be
1: wrong, but the generational. I mean, I know, and back when my dad was growing up, people didn't give a fuck. I mean, they were gonna, you know, berate you. You know, they were gonna tell you how it is. I mean, it was a lot rougher. I mean, even, even when I came on, I never, you know, felt like I was hazed or bullied or anything like that. But I can remember stories of guys who just three or four years more time than me not being allowed to talk at the station. And it was just because there were older guys from, you know, who had over 20, 30 years who, when they came on, you weren't allowed to speak unless spoken to. Yeah. And, you know, unless you're one of the guys that came on later on and were treated with respect and included as part of the crew and made to feel welcome and, you know, taught that way, then, I mean, if that's normal for you, then that's
0: what you're going to carry on. Yeah. You're not wrong. But. But, I mean, good leaders are good leaders. hmm And I think we need to do a little bit better job of. But then there's also, and I will say this, our job is one of those things where you can do that, in a lot of situations where you can pull somebody aside and go, hey, this is why we do this thing. This right. is, and you can yeah, That's not always what should be done. Yeah. But there's also a life safety component right. to it where you don't have time right. to say, okay, little Jimmy, this but is that's how. That's not how I meant it. Yeah. It, I know how you meant it. But there are times where if you're in the middle of a fire or you're yeah. extricating somebody and somebody's doing something that's dangerous. Yeah. You're not always going to communicate the best you're going right. to, because you need them to stop right now, right? or you need them to do something right now, or else somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt or killed. And, you know, by and large, most people's default is to go, hey, don't do that. Right. But I mean, you that know. goes back to, and I know not everybody
1: grows up playing sports, but it's like we tell the kids at sports, just because we're yelling at you to get your attention doesn't mean we're yelling at you on your ass. Yeah. But we're adults. So you shouldn't have to be explained that. At least I would think. I mean you
0: Unfortunately you would be incorrect. Apparently. So I mean I But I've there's made also it a that, point I made it a point to have that conversation pretty much everywhere I went first thing. That was the first conversation I had. You're a yeller to I, begin with. Yes. Not so much anymore. The only reason I yell in softball is because I'm in the outfield. So I yell so you can hear me, okay? What? (laughs) If I talk softly, none of you deaf fuckers in the infield can hear me. (laughs) Even if I yell loudly, most of you don't hear me anyway.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but no, that was one of the first conversations that I had because I had leadership coming up that did the same thing. That would say, hey, listen this is what it's going to be whenever we're at the station or whatever we can have a conversation I'll explain anything you want to know whenever we're on a scene if I get a little amped up it's not because I'm yelling at you it's because it's a safety issue and I need you to stop or do something immediately afterwards whenever we get back in the rig the scene's over with we're done we get back to the station I will explain to you my thought process I will You know, we'll break it down," said. "I'm not chewing your ass. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying to keep you safe. Yeah. Or I'm trying to keep somebody else safe. And I've, for the most part, I'd say I've been successful with that. Not every time, but, you know, I'm, dude. Straight up tell you, I'm still learning. I'm still learning the job. I've been a captain less than a year. That was one of the things that stood out. I had a captain
1: tell me uh, pretty much the exact same thing. You know, around here, say whatever you want. And he's like, but once we get on scene, it's no longer a democracy. Mm -hmm. He's like, if I tell you to jump, you say how high. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to jump because that's fucking stupid. He's like, I'm just, but. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is literally what he's telling me. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to jump because that's fucking stupid. He's like, it's just an example. He's like, but. Yeah. He's like, unless you see something that is danger, he's like, if I tell you to climb a ladder and I don't see it's on an electrical line, you can be like, hey, Cap, that's on an electrical line. You know. He's like, other than that, you fucking do what I say. And if you got a question about it
0: or you want to discuss it, we'll do it afterwards. Yeah. And I think as long as you communicate that yeah. with your people before, I think that mitigates a lot of problems. I think so. It, yeah, It's not going to mitigate all of them because you do have people that... They just, for whatever reason, you can't talk to them like that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're saving their life or not. They're not going to respond positively right. to that kind of verbiage or talking, yeah. you know. It's escalating. Frustrating. Yeah, it is. But it is what it is, and yeah. you kind of need to realize that. Now, do I? am I saying you need to change how you do things? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's, not. I like I don't know coach, the answer. you
1: got to adapt to the person. I mean,
0: yeah. well, especially you
1: can, since you can not just be like, hey, you're a piece of shit. I don't like the way you're working. Go somewhere else and yeah. start over. I mean, yeah. especially with the way we're running things now. I mean, whoever's on your crew, you'd, unless they got enough time to bid somewhere, you're stuck with them.
0: So, yeah. Well, you have to learn how to read people and motivate people. Yeah. And you have to be able to, mo- you have to understand what motivates every individual on your crew. And some people you can talk to, like we're talking here, and it'll be fine. Some people you need to, I hate to say the term baby along, but some people, they need more hand-holding, which there's nothing wrong with that. Some people you can talk to pretty harshly and you get positive results out of, yep. which... Dude, in my opinion, if I got to talk to you that way to get you motivated, that's just exhausting for me because I don't want to do that. I'd rather have a conversation with you. I'd rather get feedback from you of, hey, what did you see? Or, you know, could I have done something better, communicated it a little bit better to you? So that way I'm learning as well as you're learning. And we have that two-way communication because if all the communication is just coming from top down, You're in for a hard time.
1: Most definitely. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we've been going for an hour and 18 minutes. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah. So, closing thoughts. Putting me on the spot. Yes. what, What kind of closing thoughts are you... I don't know, dude. If you actually watch the podcast, you know I do this every time. I don't watch podcasts, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> so no, I mean closing thoughts about mental health, state of the job, whatever. I mean, it's your closing thought. What about whatever we discussed today?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest thing for anybody who is feeling like they're spiraling down is to realize that they're not alone. Because that was was the hardest thing for me is I I just felt so fucking isolated. Didn't want to be around anybody. Didn't want to talk to anybody. I wasn't calling people back who were calling me. I just wanted to be left the fuck alone. I didn't want my family around me. I just wanted to hide in a room by myself and just disappear. And then once I realized... Not only am I not the only one feeling like that, but there are genuinely people out there who give a fuck. It, it, it changes. And it, not just, you know, friends who give a fuck. It's strangers who give a fuck who, you know, you've never met who feel so bad for you that they spend the entire five and a half hours with you in the hospital. Not because, you know, they have to. I mean, it was a fucking Sunday on Halloween and, you know, the director of our uh, cares team came and sat with me in the hospital and, I mean, you could tell the empathy and, I mean, how bad she was feeling for the situation I was in and that, that was extremely moving and extremely helpful in seeing that I wasn't alone and then, you know, once you get into the program and you're with... You know, however many other people were in there. I think it was like 16. And it's not just sitting around singing Kumbaya and talking about feelings. <laughs> it's actually learning and getting to the root cause of why I'm feeling like this. Now I can make a change. I mean, it, it's fucking huge. It's absolute life changer, eye opener. You know, I, I can't stop talking about how amazing that experience was for me obviously wish i hadn't gotten to that point but i mean wishing and hoping never does anything so well you you got
0: the you got the tools now to make sure that you don't
1: absolutely so And, and if
0: you did you know what to do
1: right and i'm happy to pay it forward anytime i can i mean if anybody has any problem reach out i'll help any any way i can anybody awesome so
0: All right, everybody. Well, thanks for stopping by. And we'll end every episode like, or this episode, like we do every episode. If you are struggling, like you said, reach out. There are people who give a shit. If you know somebody that is struggling, reach out to them. Let them know you care. Let them know what the resources are. There are plenty of resources out there. Um, Yeah. So, all right. Everybody have a good one. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by.